Folks, this week on the Pre-Real Podcast, we're joined by Jim Biggs. Jim's the founding partner of Jeroma Enterprises and is also the founding member of the GOB Network. Uh, GOB Network is, is a network Jim's trying to launch and get off the ground that is basically a free network where he's pulling investors together of all different skill levels, uh, people that are interested in, in being GPs, KPs, LPs, JVs, you name it. Uh, he's put together an interesting network there, and he's trying to provide folks with a hack to get to the actionable item of investing in the deal now. Uh, it's a fascinating story. It, it, there are a lot of great information in there, and uh, Jim Jim just ended up being a hell of a guy. So try not to miss this one, folks. Jim Biggs on the pre Real Podcast. Are you ready to bring your real estate game to the next level? My name is James Prendamano. I'm the CEO and founder of Pre-Real. And over the past 25 years, I've closed over a billion dollars in transactional real estate. Each week, I'm meeting with outstanding investors, high-performing individuals, and visionaries operating in the real estate space. These are the people that are actually out there in the real estate game right now getting it done. This podcast aims at bringing anyone's game to the next level. This is the Pre-Real Podcast. Welcome, everyone, to the Pre-Real Podcast. So we're joined this week, folks, by Jim Biggs. Jim is the founding partner of Jeroma Enterprises, but he's also the founder of the GOB Network. And I'm, I'm fighting back a smile because we, we've been able to spend a few minutes offline before we started to record here. And uh, I'm not going to get into a big, lengthy introduction here because I want this to, to flow organically. I've immensely enjoyed our time already, Jim. Thank you very much for taking the time and joining us today. James, thank you so much for having me, and it's a real pleasure to be here today. Oh, the, pl the pleasure's ours, and, and I'm thrilled to be able to share this with the audience. Folks, you, you for those who have listened, uh, and we're so appreciative to those who have listened to each episode as they drop, as we've grown beyond what I ever imagined was possible, sometimes you have a guest on, and in the first few minutes, you just feel a connection, you feel the authenticity and uh, strap yourselves in, folks, because I think we're going to have a hell of a show here. Jim, why don't we start with, uh, let's go back to the beginning. You, you were a, a shipbuilder and a welder for the Nashville Bridge Company. Uh, this was not a, a path in life that uh, I, I would assume at that point in time, you weren't thinking about the GOB network and all of the experiences you had to go through to get to your why and your passion for founding the GOB network. But let's talk a little bit about life back then when you're with the Nashville Bridge Building Company. Sure. Uh, I was uh, orphaned at a young age and uh, grew up in orphanages and foster homes and uh, really never had an example of what it meant to be successful or go to college. I, I didn't even know anyone that had gone to college or had owned a business. And so I was really raised in a very, with a, with a poor mindset. And to be honest, I probably still have that little poor hillbilly boy mindset. But uh, I went to work at Nashville Bridge Company because uh, I felt an obligation to support um, a new family that I had started. So I dropped out of school in the 11th grade, uh, went to work uh, as a welder apprentice at Nashville Bridge Company. And, uh, and shortly thereafter, uh, joined the United States Air Force, uh, was supposed to go in um, into their hydraulics program. Uh, and instead got recruited in basic training to be a global survival instructor. And so uh, I did that. Uh, and very shortly, uh, like a, a year into it, uh, was injured uh, during training maneuvers and had to leave and uh, was uh, felt that that was 
you know, at that point, the worst thing that ever happened in my life, because basically I was a big boy scout. Uh, I love the outdoors, love uh, being uh, alone in the woods, uh, had kind of grown up that way. Uh, so I was really disappointed and had to make a big transition in life. So to, first of all, thank you for your service. Um, from what I understand, that's an, an elite niche of folks in the Air Force. Is that correct? Yeah, today it's known as uh, the SEER program. And uh, so we are the special forces of, of the uh, Air Force. Uh, so every branch has a special forces uh, and that's the Air Force. And we basically uh, train flight crew, whether it be pilot, navigator, whoever's on the plane um, and all the other branches of the service, uh, how to survive if they get shot down. And so it's our job to train them escape and evasion uh, type tactics uh, and how to survive. Uh, with, you know, basically uh, whatever came out of that airplane with you. So the parachute and whatever is on your person. Wow. So you're loving what you're doing at that point. It sounds like you're, you're an outdoorsman and this had to be fulfilling on some levels for you uh, that you probably didn't even understand at that point. You get hurt. This had to be devastating uh where where do we go from here what's the mindset then and what was the next step well i didn't know where to go uh as a young kid and I, I never had a thought beyond you know most of us don't grow up with a plan in our head uh whether we grow up poor or rich most of us don't have a plan for life life has a plan for us and we just kind of go along and, and we try to bounce from one side of the hallway to the other but trying to keep moving forward and uh so for me um, I had a friend when I came back home, uh, they actually, uh, I went back to work for a company uh, that I worked for in high school, because I've worked since before I was old enough to work. I've had a job probably since I was 10 years old. Um, and so during high school, I always had uh, two jobs, um, one, uh, two jobs in the summertime, and then one during school year, because uh, I, I was an athlete, so I, I couldn't hold down two jobs. Um, and um, so I went back to work for that company. They sent me to Chicago to, uh, and basically elevated me from what I was in high school uh, and was opening up new stores for them. Uh, and one of my very good friends at the time uh, was working for a national concern as a regional sales manager, national sales manager, and hired me on uh, as his partner. And so I basically um, left that job and became a national sales manager and then did that for about a year. And then him and I decided to open up our own business. And that was the beginning of me uh, becoming an entrepreneur. And for the better part of my life, uh, I've owned a lot of different businesses. And, and that was kind of the, the beginning of that. Most of my entrepreneurship, most of my business ownership has been in new car franchises and businesses that were closely related to that. So we've owned uh, several national um, uh, brands that today uh, are conglomerated under the Chrysler banner. So back then they would have all been individual franchises and also under the uh, Ford Motor Company franchise. Uh, we had uh, Ford in uh, Lincoln Mercury, or I'm sorry, uh, yeah, Ford, Lincoln Mercury and Jeep Eagle franchises, uh, Chrysler, Plymouth and Dodge franchises over the years, and always had a used car lot attached to those uh, in addition. So uh, we've uh, been in several partnerships with those and have exited several of those. So uh, considering the background, uh, school was not a natural fit for you. It wasn't for me either. 
uh, you, you, you're in special forces at, at an incredibly elite level. You transition into uh, car sales and, and dealership launches. You know, where, where was the influence or, or where did the connection come to go from that to the founder of the GOB network, which by the way, folks, uh, for those not familiar, pushing 11,000 doors in that network, $1.3 billion uh, valuation. Uh, I mean, we're talking about a massive endeavor that has become a passion project for you and we'll get into that, but where's where's the leap from, from this to this completely different you know, career yeah. path? Uh, so I don't know why, uh, what kind of lit my uh, my intellectual uh, entrepreneurship, not physical, but intellectual entrepreneurship? Uh, somewhere along the line, I was not a good student, did not like school, was a, a bad kid, uh, troubled kid, uh, always in a lot of trouble. But uh, one of my coaches, uh, first coaches that recruited me to start playing sports and gave me an avenue to release a lot of my internal anger, also... Uh, basically taught me to read. I, I was basically illiterate. Uh, in, uh, but in teaching me to read, uh, eventually started introducing me to some books that most of us are familiar with. Um, you know, I read a lot of, uh, of uh, self-help books and inspirational books. And, you know, Og Mandino was a, 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 an influence. Uh, Zig Ziglar was an influence. And, you know, uh, The Richest Man in Babylon and all, you know, all of the all of the uh, books that most of us are familiar with. And so I think that kind of lit a fire somewhere that I didn't even realize was uh, smoldering and which is uh, why I started out, uh, you know, in, in all these different business ventures. But before I got involved in those, the thing I kind of skipped over was I, when I got out uh, of the Air Force and, and came back home, I thought uh, that I wanted to be a real estate investor. And so I, I didn't know how to do that. There was no internet. Uh, and, and I wasn't the best at research in a library. Um, so I thought, well, the has to be the best way is to, to get a real estate license. Surely that's, you know, the real estate expert. And I did that and quickly realized that all I, I was was a salesperson. I wasn't an investor. And um, before that could really go anywhere, um, again, was recruited uh, and offered a uh, you know, a six-figure income to go open a, a business with a, a friend of mine. And I was a young dad uh, and had a, uh, you know, a wife and family to support. And I was making zero dollars being a salesperson in real estate, which wasn't what I had thought I was going to do. And so obviously I, I left that and went uh, and opened the business. And that became a pattern in my adult life. And every time I uh, exited one of those businesses, uh, I'd go running back to real estate. And, and I'd go looking for a mentor or a coach to catch me up, so to speak, and help me fast track the five years I just lost, you know, in this uh, automobile franchise business. Uh, so I've always had a keen interest. And one of the things we realized when we would exit uh, a dealership is that we made more money on the real estate than we did on the business. And that kind of, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not the <laughs> sharpest tool in the shed. Uh, I, I describe myself as, you know, I'm not a racehorse, I'm a mule or a donkey. You got to you gotta repeat something over and over and over again for me to learn. But that, uh, it stuck and I, and I realized deep down. And I think that was one of the things that kept driving me back to real estate. And, and I obviously had a, 
an unknown passion for it. And that's been there my entire life. So a couple of times through the journey, uh, departing from the real estate career, it's how I started uh, as a real estate agent and broker. And we, we still have a brokerage here. Um, but that's a tough path. Uh, and as a young dad, again, I've, I've, I've been there. It, it's scary as hell when you don't have that income. So you kind of are, are jumping back and forth and, and actually leaving what is a, a, a real opportunity for a pathway to financial freedom, not Absolutely. time freedom, folks, financial freedom. There is a pathway there starting uh, by getting a license and getting into the trading time for money, which puts caps and typically uh, guys like us end up feeling caged a bit over time in that pathway. So when did you formally uh, launch Jeroma? When did that actually you know, come into play and, and become, all right, this is what I'm going to do now and pursue this in a full-time way? Yeah. So a couple of things to unpack there, James. One is I, I think it's very important for us to touch on the fact that um, if you grow up poor like I did or middle class or, or lower middle class, upper middle class, um, you, your uh, society and your family, school, everything around us teaches us to be a W-2 employee. It teaches us uh, to uh, basically have a fear mindset instead of, uh, instead of an abundance mindset. And it will for the majority of us. If you're offered uh, a good enough W-2 job versus an unknown that might be your best path for life, that might be your best path toward financial freedom, um, you know, building a generational wealth and a passive income, we won't take it. Uh, fear, fear, our upbringing, everything about nature will not allow most of us to take it. There is a very rare few uh, that, uh, that can live in that fear space or they have nothing to lose and they just jump into it. But I always had something to lose. I've had a family, you know, since I was uh, 18. And um, so I've, I've always had something to lose. And, and so that's why I've bounced back and forth so many times. But I started Jerome Enterprises. I'm 65. And I probably started Jerome Enterprises uh, in, informally uh, as, um, uh, as a business that has transitioned many, many times over my lifetime, probably in the, in the mid 80s. Uh, but it's gone through many transitions. So if you think of a company that starts out as one thing and becomes something else, uh, we've done that many, many times. And uh, Jerome Enterprises today is primarily focused on raising capital. So you, you've owned uh, and been a part of commercial transactions in real estate, single family residence. Uh, you've landed now and primarily focused about 95% of the portfolio is focused on multifamily. What is it about the multifamily that, that kind of won the day for you? Um, you don't need to be an expert um, to understand it. Uh, all of us have to have a place to live, and we understand the fundamentals of that. And that's why we 90% of real estate investors get started in single family, and most of them stay there because they can understand it. They know what it means to buy a house in a good neighborhood and to fix it up and it's going to carry a certain amount of value in, in forced appreciation if we keep the grass mowed, keep it painted, uh, keep it looking you know, uh, like the nicest house in the neighborhood. We understand that uh, and it's, we oftentimes 
many of us, and I'm, I'm guilty, uh, we can have uh, uh, paralysis by analysis. We feel like we have to be an expert before we can move forward. And that holds us back also, uh, in addition to fear. And, and it's another version of fear. Sure. And so for commercial and all these other things, um, it felt like I just didn't know enough. And honestly, when I got into multifamily, uh, the more I got into it, I started feeling that again. Uh, so, but the fund fundamentally, it was because I felt like it was easier to grasp for uh, for someone uh, like me. Uh, you know, I've never felt like I was particularly smart. I just felt like I worked harder than everybody else I knew. Yeah, well, I certainly understand that that mindset. Um, as you're going through this transition and and your model is evolving and you're learning more through experience and through JV partners and mentors and capital partners. And uh, that's a beautiful thing about this business is for the most part, people are, are willing to help if you're willing to put the time in um, and you, you move through and land where it's hard to argue. I mean, there's, there's a housing shortage in the country, depends on who you ask and the, what study you read, somewhere between four and six million units. Um, there is significant opportunity in this space. It is uh, certainly inflation resistant where you can adjust your rents, um, I would say fairly every year. Some are more aggressive than that, but I think in a fair way every year, you can recast and keep pace. Um, there, while it is a, a concept that I agree, it's easier to, to digest and, and get in the mix on deals. Uh, I caution people, and we talked a little bit about this offline, and I assume that's where this passion for GOB uh, Network came from. It's not as easy as everybody says it is oh. to, to do this, right? Uh I'm, I'm going to assume this is a family show and I'm going to try to watch my language, but that is a load of crap. Yeah. Um, there are very lucky people, very blessed people um, in this life. And there's a reason they call them the, the one percenters, the two percenters. Um, I, I don't know what it is they have that's different from the rest of us. But the, the Tim Ferriss's of the world can uh, figure out how to uh, do a four hour work week. Uh, and uh, there's a lot of other people that have have made a ton of money, a lot of money. And, and look, folks, that's not going to happen for you. It's not going to happen for me. Uh, it, it's just not realistic. It's like being born and saying, OK, I'm going to be an NBA star. I'm going to be a, a, you know, a football star. It's just not going to happen for most of us. You know, if you want to get to where they are or some semblance, you know, be on the same island, uh, be on the same cloud as, as uh, the Rolling Stones would say, um, you're gonna have to do it through uh, blood, sweat and tears. You're gonna have to do it through hard work. Don't let anyone kid you. This is an extremely hard job. This is the hardest job I've ever had. And I'm used to working extremely long, hard hours as a, as a business owner. You know, you're, you're, you have to be available 24 seven. And uh, don't get me wrong, I, I love it. I love what I'm doing. And that's why I'm willing to work as hard as I do. But for most of us, think of yourself, this is the way I think of myself. Uh, if I have a picture, a mental picture of my life, and I think this is true for most of us, it's Hercules pushing that boulder up the mountain. And imagine the mountain is not uh, 
you know, a solid uh, uh, granite face, but instead it's, it's very loose, it's gravelly, it's, uh, you know, dirt gravel, and uh, the boulder is not tiny, it's so big you can't see around it on the left or the right or above you. And so you don't know what is ahead of you in that path. You don't know how close to the summit you are or how far away you are. And every two steps you take forward, that boulder is going to push you back one step. And sometimes you're going to take two steps forward. It's going to push you back five steps. But as long as you keep pushing, then you're going to make progress. And that's been my life. Uh, I am very, very fortunate to be where I am. I'm lucky. But some of that luck you make through hard work and by saying yes to opportunities and in having the courage to overcome your fears. Now, I don't, I don't believe that everyone uh, should just, I'm not saying haphazardly go out and disregard all the responsibilities you have in life. What I'm saying is be very focused on what you're willing to sacrifice and take calculated risk and move forward. You know, risk all of your Starbucks money, risk all of your going out to dinner money, risk uh, your vacation money, risk anything you can risk to get what you want out of life and to do what you have a passion about doing. You know, don't put your family at risk. And if you're listening to this and you're young enough not to have a family and, and a lot of other obligations, go all in, man, go all in. If I could change any one thing in my life, I would have never taken that six-figure income when I was in my early 20s, I would have stuck with real estate. And today, you know, uh, instead of being a millionaire, I'd be a billionaire. And uh, I'd, I'd, you know, I'd be the guy that uh, uh, every, uh, that <laughs> I am, I surround myself with uh, as many people that are smarter and richer and, and much further ahead of me than I am. And I, I consider myself to be the lowest rung on that ladder. And if I had stuck with this for 40 years, I'd be at the top of that rung. So you you're clearly have a passion for what you're doing here. And I want to spend some time on the, the GOB network. You describe it as the democratization of coaching, mentoring, deal-making uh, in, in the commercial real estate space. Let, let's get the folks up to speed. What exactly is the GOB network? So uh, I've spent... Uh, 40 years buying mentorships and educational platforms and masterminds uh, because every time I'd exit a business, I, I felt like I was behind and I needed to catch up. I needed to accelerate. I needed to join forces with an expert. And uh, most of the time I'd spend, you know, 30 grand, 40 grand, 50 grand, 100 grand to join these different programs and masterminds. And um, so many people, join these things. I, I'm going to say 90% of the people that do that will not succeed yeah. and do not succeed. And unfortunately, we're in an industry where a lot of people are making most of their money, not in real estate investing, but on educational platforms and uh, trying to teach people how to do this. Mm -hmm. And if I had all the money that I'd spent over a lifetime, I could buy a huge apartment complex just with my own money and never need to do anything else for the rest of my life. It'd be enough to retire on. Um, and it, granted, I don't need to retire as a billionaire. I'm very happy living you know, a modest lifestyle, but I'd be able to retire easily. And I had, I've had a lot of successes in my life, but I've had even more failures. 
And it's just lucky for me that that, that mountain is always, you know, two steps forward, one step back is, is always a little progress. So I'm not, I'm not saying, uh, you know, I, d I don't want to say the wrong thing here, but I'm grateful for the mentorships I've been in and I'm grateful for the masterminds. And I am a strong believer in the concept, but I also believe that for most people, if they would have taken that money and put it in a deal, not only would they be much further ahead, but it's almost a guaranteed success where putting it into the program is almost a guaranteed failure. And the ownership of a business, which when you buy an apartment building or a home and you're not living in, it's a business. The oh, yeah. ownership of that business will be the best teacher you'll ever have. I cannot personally mentor you. No one can personally mentor you and teach you as much as that business will. Not me, not Tony Robbins, not Brad Sumrock, Rod Cleef, not Neil Bowen, not anyone can teach you as much as that business will teach you. And one of the big things about it is it will be brutal when you're not doing things the right way. It'll take money out of your pocket. It'll keep you up at night. It'll call you at three in the morning. It'll take you away from your vacations. It will be relentless in punishing you until you get it right or you give up. But when you do get it right, you'll never get the kind of praise and support that that business will give you. Your mentor will never send you a check for $1,200 every month. Your mentor uh, will not give you generational wealth, but that business will. So the business will be the best attaboy you've ever had and encouragement to keep moving forward and do more of what you're doing the right way. And it'll also and this is the best thing, honestly, it'll punish you brutally because your mentor just can't do that. Uh, if, if you're a drill sergeant, you can punish me and, and berate me until I am ready to quit. But if I don't quit, you can't keep that up. That, that's not in human nature to, to be that mean and punishing to people forever. But the business has no conscience. It'll punish you forever as long as you keep doing it. But your coach will not. Your coach will eventually, 99% of them will, will give up on you and say, hey, this just isn't for you. This guy just doesn't want it bad enough. This guy, you know, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. You know, and that will be the mentality of most of your coaches after a period of time. And that's why 90% of people fail in this business. And so I, that was the genesis of starting the GOB network is I wanted to turn the educational uh, uh, platform, the educational mentoring piece of this business on its head. I wanted to turn it upside down and do something that broke the paradigm and say to you, look, put your money in your deal. Don't put it into my mentorship. So I founded the GOB network as a nonprofit so that we give you everything that these programs give you and teach you how to do this but encourage you to put your money into the deal, not into the platform. So we will never collect a penny that isn't in direct support uh, in, in, of, of that program, of teaching people how to do this. And because of that, we're not going to need, you know, 50 grand. We just need enough money to keep the lights on. We just need enough money to, to keep the content on a website and to make it accessible to you. And, and so and I, I'm 65. I won't be around much longer on this earth, but I wanted this idea to be here for the next hundred years. And so that's why I founded it as a nonprofit. 
because when I'm gone, I want to make sure that this idea continues on without me. And I don't want it to be about me. And so I, I want it to be about the membership. You know, I'm a big, big believer in, uh, if you're familiar with terms like uh, the hive mind or open source or uh, 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 what's the other word I'm looking for? I, I'm, I'm losing it right now. But um, that idea of a community uh, and, and, and several minds being smarter than one mind and people having a passion and will do things. Um, if you, uh, Microsoft is, is the biggest uh, platform uh, in, in the United States, but it's not the biggest platform in the world. Linux is. And most of the world, and even in the United States, what most people don't realize is most of the big, big, big platforms and companies run on Linux and Windows is just the face. Microsoft is just the face. And Microsoft is a huge multinational corporation. And most people know that the founder is, you know, filthy, filthy rich. Nobody knows who the founder of Linux is because he doesn't make any money off of it because it is uh, founded as an open source network. It's free to anyone who wants to use it. Now, several people will go in and take that and build around it and change a few pieces and change the color and, and, and charge for it. You know, but for the most part, Linux is open source. And what I love about that is that if you have a brilliant idea, you're a programmer and have a brilliant idea at Microsoft, but uh, you're on a, a project and your project is to do A, but you've got all these ideas how to make the whole project better. When you go to work, they're going to tell you, look, that's nice, but you've got a job to do. And at five o'clock this afternoon, I want that on my desk. And so you feel frustrated. You feel locked. You feel like you, you can't escape. Your, your creativity is smothered. So if you go home at night and you're a programmer, you know about Linux, what are you going to do? You're going to go implement those ideas on Linux. And, and Linux eventually becomes stronger and better than anything in the world. In the beginning, Microsoft blew it away because Microsoft had hundreds of paid programmers and they had nothing but volunteers. But in the long run, if you look at things in the future, it is impossible for Microsoft to compete because everyone that goes home frustrated will build what they want to build in Linux. And you'll have eventually millions of programmers compared to thousands. And so that's what we're trying to build within the GOB network is a membership-driven platform that is, uh, uh, has a, a hive mind. And we want people to keep their money in their pocket and be able to find everything that they need to find in one resource and help them build some generational wealth, help them get to where, uh, to be as lucky as I am you know, to be able to travel the path that I've traveled in, the journey that I've traveled and lift themselves up uh, out of, whether they're lifting themselves out of poverty or whether they're lifting themselves up out of a drudgery. Uh, you know, they say 80% of people hate their nine to five. So yeah. if they're just lifting themselves up out of that to follow their passion, you know, we want to service, uh, we say underserved communities, but that that's a loaded word. That doesn't mean just poor communities. It does, but it doesn't mean just that. It could be the next Bill Gates of the world who's frustrated and with what uh, life is trying to hand him and wants to build a Microsoft. And so he goes into his garage and does it. We want to provide the resources for that creativity and for that frustration and also for those underserved people. So and uh, if I could boil it down in, in, in my words, what, what I, I think I'm hearing here and, and some of the observations that I've made, 
uh, over the years. The, the masterminds and the groups, uh, I have found two completely different experiences. So at one point in my life, they were useless to me. Uh, I went to them, I attended them, I logged in, I you know followed what I was supposed to follow, but the mindset was not correct. Uh, I was not in a place where the the most important you know space in the world was what lies be between your ears. Uh, yep. I was paralyzed by fear. I was paralyzed by all sorts of negative emotions for a litany of reasons. And I found every excuse and reason to not be intentional in what I was doing. And it's it's really easy, especially in this world today, where they are uh, just pounding in, into our heads that you're not accountable for anything. Everything is somebody else's fault. Uh, it's easy to, when you're feeling... Uh, disenfranchised and you're feeling, you know, down on yourself, it's easy to buy into that shit, right? Yeah, so absolutely. For, for a period of time, that was my experience. Once I got my mindset right, it was a total 180. There was significant actionable items that I took away from those groups and I was able to put them into play in real time. And I started to see immediate results. Um, what what you're doing here, I think, is you're trying to give access to these tools and you're trying to say to folks, hey, you don't have to take your money and put them into those types of groups. You're never going to learn uh, what you need to learn through a group the way you will if you go through a deal, if you're a part of a transaction. So you're encouraging folks to, to join this group. And instead of putting that 10, 20, 50, 100,000 into masterminds and groups, Put them into deals. Like let's yeah. let's go. If you're gonna go, let's go. And this is a place yeah. where you want to provide people all of the tools. Where if they need to tap into them, they can. But the idea is to go. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the the reason it's GOB, it, get on board. You know, let's. Uh, it, we have a what we call a Goya challenge, and I named it Goya for get off your ass and get on board. Let's take action. This group is about trying to push you toward action as opposed to taking your money. And that's the primary difference between what we're doing and every other educational program out there is doing. We don't have a profit motive. Now, me personally, I have a profit motive. I have a huge profit motive. But that network, my profit motive is not education. My profit motive is real estate. How can we get you into real estate deals? And selfishly, Look, I'm not Mother Teresa. I, I didn't start this with the intent of, of, uh, of riding off into the sunset and just doing my, my good deeds at the end of my life. I have an ulterior motive, which is I, the, one of the hardest things in this business is to find good partners mm. and partners with the SREO. And for, you know, so the people that don't know what that is, in multifamily, you have to have an, uh, a strong SREO in order for a bank to loan you money. And that's schedule of real estate owned. It's your resume mm -hmm. of, uh, of what you've done and, and gives the bank the assurance that you can do it again. And so it's your experience. And then you also have to have a balance sheet. And most people getting started in this don't have a balance sheet, which is another reason they start off in, in small single family. And so you have to have a strong balance sheet. And then in addition to that, 
you have to have very strong liquidity, meaning you've got to have a lot of liquid cash, hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, at the least to get started in multifamily. And, and as you grow, millions in liquidity. And again, 98% of people in this nation don't have that. And so it's almost, it's, it's a barrier to entry that cannot be overcome for most people. And that's also one of the reasons a lot of people will go into a mentorship. That's why I always went into them over and over and over again. I've joined dozens of them and over my lifetime. And uh, my reason wasn't to learn. It was always to find those, those things, the experience, the SREO, the liquidity, and the balance sheet. That's always why I joined. But they promised that, and I've, I've not been a member of a single one that ever delivered on. So it's still up to you. There's, there's what I call the, the goose that laid the golden egg. If you join a mentorship program like that and they have a lot of, of uh, millionaires in the program, they don't just hand you the list of their email and phone so that you can call them and say, hey, I've got a deal. You want to partner with me? It's up to you to get in there and, and get your hands dirty and you're going to have one by one by one have to meet them. And so I've found that uh, you can do that without joining the membership. You know, you don't need to join the membership to do that. But it's still an uphill battle. It's very, very hard. And so one of the key components of the GOB membership was to give the goose that laid the golden egg away for free. So our membership, when you join, it's a closed membership. Uh, you can only join by invitation. And one of the reasons is, is that every member has to provide their email address and, and uh, mobile phone number. And the reason for that is we want to make partnering and, and uh, overcome that obstacle, overcome. We want to try to help overcome as many obstacles to success as we possibly can and to create as many shortcuts as we possibly can. And so that is the biggest, single biggest component is access to people's uh, information so that you can call and say, hey, you know, you're in my neighborhood and, and I've got a deal or I want to find a deal. Would you be interested in partnering? And how can I help you and how can you help me? Yeah. And so um, that that's a key component. So are you focused on bringing in, you know, greenhorns, newbies that have no real estate experience or, uh, you know, grizzled vets like we are? Who, who are you looking to attract into the network? So everyone, uh, we want this to become... Um, if I could combine bigger pockets with every educational platform on every different aspect of real estate, 20 years from now, that's what I want this to be, 40 years from now. And so uh, in the beginning, its primary focus is multifamily because that's what I know the most about and that's where most of my experience is. And this thing was built on me, but very quickly, uh, I knew what I wanted it to be was I wanted every type of person on the platform. So right now, yes, almost all of it is multifamily, although we're starting to get, um, we have uh, several investors this year that have started uh, investing in, in single family portfolios. Uh, we have several members that are doing RV parks. Uh, we've got some members doing industrial, but 99% of it is still uh, apartment complex and multifamily. And I made sure that we had several people like me on the platform that could be your sponsor. That when you found a good deal, you're still gonna need a sponsor and the bank is going to require you to have a sponsor. 
And so I made sure to bring people on the platform because I didn't want anyone to feel like they had to do business with me because uh, I'm not everyone's cup of tea. You know, there's people who are going to look at me and say, you know, I don't want to do business with that, you know, redneck hillbilly. You know, he, he you know, I wanted the Harvard business graduate. So I made sure to bring uh, enough people onto the platform that uh, can do what I do. And it, it, it's, you know, I, I believe in competition. So I'll get my fair share of deals, but they'll get their fair share of deals. And uh, we just want to make sure that all the resources you need, if you are brand new, are there. So we have everything from newbies that have no clue what they're doing to grizzled veterans that have done tons and tons of deals. And, uh, and you know, we make that available to everyone in the network. And uh, what you were referencing there is essentially <clears throat> you've brought a number of, of KPs into the network. So if you need uh, a sponsor and you have a deal, uh, there's a number of different folks they could speak to and try and win their business and win their, their partnership uh, yep. through, you know, their, their pitch. Yeah. Yeah. And when you join, uh, we, we, uh, we have a vetting process where we uh, try and we're behind because we've grown so much faster than we anticipated. But uh, we encourage everyone to have a complete profile. So it doesn't take much to join. What you need to join is you need to know a member. And it's easy enough to find out if you know one. You just go online and look at our membership. It's, it's open to the public. You can see who's a member. Um, but, uh, you know, or you go on one of our Facebook groups or our LinkedIn group and say, hey, I'm new to this. I'm very interested. Uh, would somebody here, uh, does somebody know me or want to sponsor me? And um, uh, so that's the easy way to get in. Uh, we don't create a, a, a high barrier to entry, but we want there to be a barrier to entry because we want to know who's here. Um, and we want to make sure that we have a like-minded community. And so uh, when you join, we require you have a sponsor because we want you to have a follow-up phone call with somebody to uh, see what your goals are and to see where you are in the process and to help fill out the application. The application is going to determine where are you in this process? Are you a KP? Are you an LP? Are you a GP? Do you only want to do JVs? What markets are you in? What, uh, you know, what are a lot of these parameters? So I can go into my database and search if I need a KP in Atlanta, I can go into my membership profile and search for a KP in Atlanta and boom, I might get three of them and instantly be able to call. Do you know what I had to go through to find that when I decided I wanted to be a, uh, an investor in Dallas? I spent a long weekend, a four-day weekend, every month for 18 months, I'd fly to Dallas and I would meet in, I'd go to meetups, I would go to brokerages, I'd go to property managers, I would do everything I could to envelop myself in the real estate community in Dallas for 18 months, trying to build those relationships and find those people. That cost me a fortune, cost me a small fortune. Each time I'd go, I probably spent five, $6,000. And But that's what it took for me to find those resources. And I realized that's part of that goose that laid the golden egg. If I could say to you, I can give you that in two minutes as opposed to two years, what kind of value, what is that worth in dollars to you? Would you spend 50 grand for that? That's the illusion that a lot of these uh, programs are selling you, that you'll have that. But in reality, you don't have it because when you join, yes, those people are there, 
but it's still going to take you a long time because you got to build the relationships individually with mine. And you don't know what their capacity is and what they want to do. But in the GOV network, you can find out instantly. So <clears throat> I don't know if people appreciate the opportunity that they have today being connected in this way. When many of us started out, none of this shit existed. It yeah. was ground and pound. And that's why it yeah. was very much a closed network. And it was the good old boys network. And if you weren't Ivy League educated, um, you, you basically had close to no shot of breaking in. And all of those barriers have been torn down now. It is the opportunity of a lifetime, literally. Uh, how big is the network now? I mean, uh, I, I know you guys uh, are, are just getting it going and, and you're, you're growing at a rate you didn't expect, which is good. But uh, how, how big is the network at this point? Uh, I have not checked lately, and, and my website designers took my counter off of my <laughs> website. It used to have a daily counter that uh, updated how many members, but uh, my guess is we're probably at around 1,500 members right now. Okay, and if people want to learn more about this, Jim, where do they go? GOBnetwork.com. Okay. And if they want to learn more about Jeroma, is, is, are they still going to find you through GOB or are we directing them someplace else? Uh, really, um, if, if they're interested in investing in any of my deals, um, once you go to GOBnetwork.com, we have uh, the GOB Network Fund A and Fund B, um, but you, you can link through that. And uh, if you're ready to invest in a deal, if you're looking to be an LP investor, um, uh, you know, that would be the best way to connect with me is, uh, is through the, the fund. But, uh, you know, I'm all over social media. My, I don't hide anything. If you go to my LinkedIn profile and click on it, it'll give you uh, my email address, my phone number, uh, my wife's phone number, my kid's phone number, my date of birth. It, I mean, I'm, I'm an open book. Uh, but it is getting harder to get in touch with me because I, I'm, uh, quite honestly, uh, I, I've got a ton of irons in the fire. Uh, but uh, yeah, it, it, we, we have a, a board of directors though that, uh, that uh, want to personally interview each and every person that joins and wants to help each individual. So if you're ready to take action and, uh, uh, and need someone to talk to, then you just need to go to GOB Network and, and, and join and make that, you know, make that, uh, we have a private Slack channel and you can get in there and we have our members are, look, this is not bigger pockets forum. You're not gonna get, ask a question and get a hundred answers from people that have never done it and don't know what they're doing. Uh, and then one answer from somebody who knows what they're talking about. Here, it's gonna be the opposite of that. Most of the people that are answering are experienced people uh, that have done it before and, uh, and, and can really help you. Uh, this has been a fascinating chat, Jim. I, I very much appreciate the time. Best of luck in, in all of your endeavors. And uh, folks, as always, all of the links will be down below. Uh, if you want to check out the GOB network or, or any other project Jim's involved in, thanks again, man. I really appreciate your time. James, thank you so much. Uh, it's a blessing to be here. I really appreciate it, man. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you. As always, everybody, please stay safe. Are you ready to bring your real estate game to the next level? My name is James Prendamano. I'm the CEO and founder of Pre-Real. And over the past 25 years, I've closed over a billion dollars in transactional real estate. 
Each week, I'm meeting with outstanding investors, high-performing individuals, and visionaries operating in the real estate space. These are the people that are actually out there in the real estate game right now getting it done. This podcast aims at bringing anyone's game to the next level. This is the Pre-Real Podcast.